Hi, everyone. I'm Craig Pierner. I lead the advisory board's talent development team, and I'm back as your host for this radio advisory mini-series on leadership, where we engage in leadership education and dialogue. Welcome to Episode 5, our last episode in our discussions about the leadership attitudes and behaviors most critical during COVID-19. Today's topic, which concludes our mini-series, is vulnerability. At his 1910 Paris Address, President Theodore Roosevelt said, It is not the critic who counts. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who, at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Though spoken over 100 years ago, Roosevelt's words really resonate at this time. Our cause is worthy, and its pursuit will involve triumph and failure. Listen to Roosevelt's words, who errs, who comes short again and again. Error and shortcoming. Being in the arena means getting it wrong sometimes. But most leaders, and let's face it, the leaders of many leaders, don't tend to like failure very much. So often, failure implies weakness, lack of confidence, Fear of failure sometimes prevents us from entering Roosevelt's famous arena at all. Here's some of what my colleagues and I have heard in one-on-one conversations with leaders during COVID-19. I wonder if I'm up to this task. My boss keeps saying how we're going to rise to this occasion. So far, it just feels like chaos. I'm afraid. Does that mean I'm less than? I'd suggest that the leaders sharing things like this with us are on to something. The ability to admit and accept, especially publicly, weakness and failure is in fact key to entering and succeeding in the arena. To do this is to really lead. Today we're going to learn about how vulnerability, and in particular a willingness to demonstrate it, can create stronger teams and even spur innovation. I've invited someone who knows what it means to be vulnerable and how it can be the differentiator for leaders. Meet Alicia Graham, a senior director on the advisory board, talent development faculty, and an executive coach. Alicia has over 20 years of experience in executive leadership roles at multinational firms and in the past few years has focused on development and coaching those in executive leadership. Welcome, Alicia. So glad to have you. Thank you so much, Craig. I'm really excited to be here. Well, Alicia, you officially win the Best Accent Award. Uh, where are you from? I'm originally from a town in the very, very north of Australia called Townsville, and it's actually up on the northeast coast near the Great Barrier Reef. But I didn't live there for very long. I've been a bit of a nomad most of my life. I've lived in many different parts of Australia, in Hong Kong, 
And a little over eight years ago, I made the move to the US. Um, I originally moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and then my husband and I moved to Newport News, Virginia last Thanksgiving. And I have to say, it feels really good to be living on the coast near the water again. So many Australians have a deep connection with the water, so that makes Mm. a lot of sense to me. Well, you come from an absolutely beautiful country. I've had the pleasure of visiting it a few times, and we're glad to have you in the United States now. (laughs) Thank you. So what has it been like for you across these past few weeks? Well, it's been a different kind of busy. I've been on the phone with clients navigating the challenges of leading through this pandemic. And I have to say, I've become a bit of a master at Zoom. Um, (laughs) But what's also been really nice is getting some extra time with my husband and my pups and time to work on the garden. Well, there are some positives of being at home. And we're all definitely learning our virtual chops. (laughs) Let's dive in here. Alicia, I know that you are passionate about vulnerability. How do you define vulnerability? Yes, passionate's a good word. I'm certainly passionate about vulnerability. And I define it, well, let's start with the dictionary definition. So the word vulnerability comes from the Latin root of vulnus, which means wound. So being vulnerable means capable of being wounded. It quite literally means you're opening yourself up to emotional harm. For me, vulnerability is about being real. It's about being real with somebody else. It's about being open to who you really are and giving others the opportunity to really see you. Alicia, I have to say that your definition, being real, sounds a lot more fun than the dictionary definition, (laughs) opening yourself up to harm. But in either case, it strikes me that vulnerability um, is not necessarily something that's easy or something that's always a bundle of fun. Yep. And you aren't alone in that in that assessment, Craig. In fact, I think many people are naturally afraid of being vulnerable. People don't want to be hurt in any way. But at the same time, the one thing we crave when we're interacting with another person is connection. And the ability to speak openly, to be truly heard, to be accepted just as we are, to have that requires vulnerability. It requires a willingness to go there and to share the real story. So real connection requires vulnerability. Tell me more about that. Yeah, that's right. Vulnerability is key to connection because it's about being open to another human. It's, it's letting them see and really get to know you so that they will let you see and get to know them. As rewarding as real connection is in a relationship, Alicia, it's hard to start. It strikes me that there's this game of chicken almost. Who's <laughs> going to go first? And while sharing the real story might be met with real acceptance, it might also not. I'm not sure I've ever heard it described as a game of chicken before, <laughs> but but I guess you're right. You know, in any relationship, somebody has to make the first move. Otherwise, that relationship stays at a surface level and the real challenges don't get addressed. Mm-hmm. And yet when we have real conversations about difficult issues, trust and relationships deepen. 
and that opens the door to innovation and to growth. You've worked in healthcare much longer than I have. How often do you hear healthcare leaders talking about the need for vulnerability and leadership? I think certainly less often than in other industries. You know, it's been a trend in corporate circles for some time, and a lot has contributed to that. Generational change in executive suites, the fall of invincible CEOs due to scandal or economic collapse. In healthcare, it's been in the vocabulary about patients for a long time. So, for example, nurses take very seriously their commitment to advocate for vulnerable patients, and professional societies highlight care disparities for vulnerable populations. So the concept is not foreign. And, of course, there is extensive discussion in healthcare about the need to strengthen engagement, to create teams that are more transparent, to build a culture of innovation. And to that, I think the role of leadership vulnerability is newer. I certainly see it starting to take hold among executives and human performance leaders that I consider progressive. It's interesting because some of those things that you just talked about, engagement, transparency, can be sparked by a leader who's willing to be vulnerable. And I agree, outside of healthcare, overcoming the fear of being vulnerable is one of the key skills I work with leaders on. And that's been the case for a while now. Yet I consistently hear skepticism about vulnerability from my healthcare clients. You know, I think some of that skepticism is honestly that it's been trained out of people. Medical culture, and in some cases what it takes to succeed in that culture, implies often that vulnerability is for patients, not providers or administrators. Clinicians are expected to be the expert. Medical students are expected to respond quickly to a bedside quiz about a patient's condition or treatment plan. Mm. It can feel like a culture where there's little room for, I don't have the answer, or I don't know. You know, in a few of your earlier episodes, I heard some of your other guests talking about the power of saying, I don't have all the answers, but I'm here to listen, I'm here to understand, I'm here to learn. And honestly, I just, I couldn't agree with them more. Since you're so familiar with how leaders are using vulnerability outside of healthcare, talk to me about how you see vulnerability applying in healthcare, especially in the midst of COVID-19. Vulnerability as a leadership trait is really important right now for a couple of reasons. The first, being vulnerable helps you build strong relationships. And in order for leaders to lead confidently and sustainably through a crisis, having the support of others is crucial. Second, vulnerability is critical in finding creative solutions to challenging problems. We need that now more than ever, considering what the community and organizational recovery journey will look like. Let's explore this more. You said that being vulnerable helps build strong relationships. What relationships? I guess said another way, with whom should a leader aim to be vulnerable? 
it's important that you have a healthy dose of vulnerability in all of your relationships. But for this conversation, I'd like to focus on the relationships that we have with our peers and within our teams, because at work, they're the ones that make the difference. Yeah, applying this to work, that really helps my peers, my team. So how does a leader get started with vulnerability? Well, this would not be a conversation about vulnerability without me mentioning one of my favourite researchers, authors, thinkers on this topic, Brené Brown. Dr. Brown's written many books about this and she speaks about it in a really compelling way. A thought of hers that I'm reminded of right now is vulnerability sounds like truth and feels like courage. Truth and courage aren't always comfortable, but they're never weakness. I really like that. Sounds like truth, feels like courage. Alicia, help me move that from concept uh, to something a leader might actually do to get started. Well, what I don't recommend is going around sharing all of your deepest, darkest secrets. (laughs) Vulnerability is not about being one of those oversharers who make other people feel uncomfortable. I've met one of those. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've all met some of those. (laughs) The whole point of being vulnerable is about creating connection. So what you share about yourself must be done in service of others, in service of creating stronger, more trusting relationships. And what kinds of things create that sort of connection? Like every action that takes courage, you probably want to ease into it. Start small. Let's use the way we greet each other as an example. So you already have some trusted colleagues. When they ask you, how are you? Take the chance to actually answer. Today I'm feeling flat or today I'm feeling a bit anxious. Be true and fair to your current state. It allows you to then ask the question back to them and get a full answer. So, for example, when someone says, I'm fine, you say, how are you really? Most of us just let a fine go because it's easier, it's safer. But this is a chance to invite vulnerability in others by creating space for them to be heard and to be accepted, even if you don't know what to say in response. That's really powerful, and I'm thinking now about the number of fines that I've let go by in my life. (laughs) Uh, Certainly lots of people have left my own fines uh, go by too. So is that a bad thing? It's not a bad thing. It's, It's really normal, you know, especially when we're busy or we're overwhelmed. And I think we have to be realistic. Not every conversation is the right time for a deep moment of sharing, and nor is every person the right person to share our feelings with. Yeah, it sounds like some boundaries are necessary. Well, without boundaries, genuine sharing can become careless. So I suggest that we start with being intentional. Start with, with whom do I need to create a stronger connection? That's probably not everyone. And start small. Let's now broaden. And thinking about COVID-19, I don't think many leaders have on their resume survived a pandemic. (laughs) Uh, So for those leaders 
that feel right now like they have no idea what to do next. How does vulnerability apply? Well, let's again start with what I wouldn't recommend. I wouldn't recommend broadcasting. I'm totally clueless and have no idea what to do next. But it's very fair for leaders to say, I don't have every answer. I need your help. When you do this, it gives others permission to be vulnerable too, especially to those who are more junior or maybe less experienced members of your team. And why is that important? This is the other reason that I was talking about, about why vulnerability is important. It helps spur collaboration and creative problem solving. So let me explain that a bit. When we give permission to our team members, to our peers to be vulnerable, they're more likely to take a risk in a group setting. So they might speak up, they might share a silly idea, and those silly ideas are often the spark for developing a creative or innovative solution to a problem. And it sounds like leaders would need to cultivate that kind of space where a team member might feel safe enough to suggest a silly idea. Is that where you're going with this? That's right. That's right. Leaning into the discomfort of not knowing and allowing ourselves to express vulnerability gives us the ability to have real conversations, which sparks that creativity and sparks that innovation, which I think we can all agree we need plenty of in this situation that we're facing with COVID-19. Absolutely. I too love Brene Brown, Alicia, and one of her quotations that sticks with me is, vulnerability is the birthplace of innovation, creativity, and change. Yes, I love that you love Brene Brown too. She's <laughs> she's amazing. I often work with leaders who are looking to engage the team in finding creative solutions. And some of them find it hilarious when I suggest that they admit their errors and stop trying to convince their team or their investors that they have it all under control. Yet in the end, when we're more open with one another, we build trust We create that psychological safety, and those are great ingredients for a team to be able to co-create innovation and creative solutions. Alicia, this has been really insightful. Before you go, what is one thing that you would want our listeners to take away from our conversation? I think it would have to be that demonstrating vulnerability is courageous and it's contagious. Well, Alicia, thank you so much for joining me today, and I wish you a day that is more than fine. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Thank you for the invitation, and this is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. And I also want to say, while I have the opportunity to say thank you to everyone working in healthcare right now to keep our community safe. Vulnerability is courage in action. I hope today's interview with Alicia got you thinking about where vulnerability might strengthen your connection with a colleague. And I hope that by doing so, you open a path to creative problem solving that will serve you and your team well in the coming weeks. We want to hear from you. What did today's episode stir up for you? Send us your questions and your feedback. You can reach us at podcasts at advisory.com. 
That's podcasts with an S. I'll be back with you periodically as host of Radio Advisory on Leadership. But this brings to a close our mini-series on leadership concepts critical during COVID-19. Uncertainty, emotional resilience, empathy, teamwork, and vulnerability. A friendly reminder that all five episodes are available for you to download. Search Radio Advisory on iTunes, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. It's been great to be with you for this mini-series, and if one thing has been clear across all of our discussions, it's this. Your leadership matters. Thanks for being in the arena.